Hi, thank you for joining us. Paul asked me a while back, uh, not that while back, <laughs> since the last time we were on, if I wanted to do a Christmas of these talks, and I said no. <laughs> and he, uh, I don't, I don't know if he said pray about it, but uh, he may have said you like working here, don't you, or something like that. <laughs> so anyway. I thought I don't I don't want to do a typical Christmas, uh, and so I prayed. I said, "Lord, if I do a Christmas, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say?" And the Lord gave me one thing, and then two days ago He gave me the other half of the message. So the first half uh, is this, and. The thought came to my mind, uh, the best Christmas ever or something like that, that we ever had. Um, and it it's quite different than what you would think. I uh, was going to college and I was in my last year. It took me five years to do the four-year course because while I was at college, two more children were born. So I had three daughters and I had the support and go to college and work. Finally, I got a wonderful job uh, with Firestone Tire Company. And it looked like it was going to take me clear through the whole, the whole rest of my college life until I graduated. And I was really excited about it. Well, we closed the books in September. September was the year, year end. And I came to the office the very next day, and there were probably 40 to 50 employees. And when I walked in, because I'd been at college in the mornings, I started my last year, it was empty. All the co big computers we had, IBM stuff, was all gone. All the chairs, all everything because uh, we were doing it uh, a new way of doing computers of the old-fashioned way. So they told me that I was out of a job. And the bad part of it, at that time, there was a recession in Los Angeles or California, which was there were lots of people out of work. So I thought, well, the first thing I need to do is run to the, uh, you know, where they give you money uh, to stay out of work. Um, what's, oh, what's it called? I can't think of it right now. You know, where you sign up for your unemployment insurance. Well, when I got there, the line for the insurance was outside of the building and down the street. I'm standing on a sidewalk almost a block away from the door with people standing in line to sign up for unemployment insurance. I finally got in there. This is before I went home and told my wife. When I got in there, the guy said, well, what did you, where'd you work? And I worked 40 hours a week and all of that. And he said, are you going to college? I said, yes. He said, well, are you available to work any hours, day or night? I said, no, I need to be in school. And he said, okay, you get no unemployment. If you can't be available to work any hours we assign you, 
then you're not available to collect. Well, I wasn't, that was the most exciting news I wanted to hear my senior year of college, my fifth year, and uh, no unemployment insurance would, would help somewhat. So I thought, oh boy, what's going to happen when we go when I go home and tell my wife I have no job? The reason I'm telling you this, I don't know what it's like where you are, but in Sioux City, a number of people are out of work because of COVID. Uh, places have shut down, and there is a lot of people here that find themselves in the same fix that I was in, and they may have children too. Uh, we didn't have house payments, but we had rent that we had to pay and gas for the car so I could go to college and all that stuff. And no money in the bank, <clears throat> typical college student. So I went home and I dreaded telling my wife. I didn't know how she was going to re respond to this. Well, I should have known. She's a godly lady. Um, I mean, after she threw the frying pan at me and <laughs> I still have scars, <laughs> but uh, no, she said, well, Jim, this is going to be a real exciting time for us. And she said, we're going to, how is God going to take care of us? And uh, that thrilled me. I mean, I should have been the one saying that, but she said it. And, uh, and she said, no, don't quit school. You don't, if you quit school, you don't know if you're going to get a job anyway. So God has called you to school. You've been there already over four years now uh, to be a minister. Let's hang in there and take it, you know, a day or a week at a time. And uh, so we prayed and asked God to give us at least a couple of verses, a couple of promises from the Bible to hang on to while we go through this. So we had no idea how long it would be or how hard it would be to get a job because I hadn't been looking for one. So <clears throat> the first uh, scripture we came up was Ephesians 3.20. That's why I'm giving it to you uh, if you're a believer and out of work. And this is a wonderful, wonderful verse, uh, of two verses actually. It says, now unto him that is able to do. So we're in a situation and we need God to do <laughs> something. And he's able to do that. We're going to count on that. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Even my thinking cannot hinder what God is able to do. I can't I, say, so I don't know if I have enough faith. God's still able to do. I'm not hindering him. He's able to do more than I think, exceeding the ability of all that I can think according to the power that works in us. Unto him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus through all the world without end. Amen. So God is able to do all of this and to him be the glory. So we prayed that as a sort of like what we're grabbing hold of and trusting God somehow 
to get us through, and we had no idea how long it was going to be. The second verse uh, that we had that just jumped out to both of us is in <clears throat> Psalm chapter 84, Psalm 84, and that is 11 and 12. For the Lord God is a sun and shield, and the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusts in you. So here it's a matter of prayer and trusting and, and walking before the Lord in an honest way. Well, I said it, it was the best Christmas we ever had. Um, I mean, really, it really was uh, amazing. I'm not saying the amount of gifts and, you know, all, all of that. Uh, we didn't eat run over squirrel. We did have <laughs> some something else to eat uh, for Christmas dinner, but it, we didn't eat high on the hog, you know, more around the hoof, you know. Uh, it, but it was wonderful. Our, our rent was never, ever late. Now, how did I work? Well, at that time, and here I found out you can do it in Sioux City here too, but uh, they put up cork boards, uh, little bulletin boards like in the grocery store, and people would put on there what they needed people to do. So like mow the lawn, or I painted a kitchen, or all kinds of paint, uh, pull weeds, all kinds of things that people would pay you for. So I would go by and leave a phone number and I would call them and tell them my hours and that was that sufficient for them and could I uh, work for them? And I did. And it was wonderful. It, it was always different. And they were never long jobs like, oh, yeah, I know I can go through a month now. No, it'd be like uh, some days, maybe a week. Um, in fact, one of the strangest jobs I had uh, for a family, I did paint their kitchen. And the backyard was a mess. My dad was a gardener. So I knew how to turn a messy backyard into a nice one. And I turned the backyard really, really nice. And the husband was thrilled. But they had a house behind their house. And it was probably a one bedroom, small house, but a house. And I always wondered what was in there. Because people never went in or out, but there was something going on. Anyway, the house was full of chinchillas. Now, chin they had chinchilla cages from the floor to the ceiling. And you could just barely walk through the house because the chinchilla cages. Now, chinchillas, at that time, uh, chinchilla woman's fur coat was far more expensive and far more desired than a mink coat. The mink coats were in at that time. Everybody wanted a mink coat and expensive. Chinchillas were more. But this family decided they'd go in the chinchilla business, and they had a daughter. She was uh, probably in her early 30s, not married, 
and it was going to be her job. Well, she got to chinchillas and she named them, you know, Mabel and Isaac and all of them. And so she couldn't bear to kill them. So they kept having babies. They bought more cages. And this house was full of chinchillas. And they said, would you help us clean all the cages? I said, yes, I'm willing to do that. Uh, so that was one of the strange jobs I had is cleaning chinchilla cages. But that it came at Christmas time. Uh, I told Paul that uh, one of the hotels they were building in Los Angeles went broke before they had it totally built because there was a recession and you know, getting people to work and salaries and all that stuff. And uh, they were bought out, but they had bought all the towels, washcloths, face towels, bath towels for the hotel. And you, you can imagine how many sets there were for every room in that place. And they had uh, autographed or with a machine, they had stitched the names of the hotel that went broke and all the towels. So either they were going to get rid of all the towels or someone could take the stitching of uh, the threads out. So that's one job. When you came to our house uh, to visit, you got towels, and a little pair of scissors, and helped us pull the thread out of these towels. So we always were doing that regardless. No matter what I did uh, out there and after I did my studying, I'd do a few towels because they paid us per towel. So it was a way of making money. Well, I have a, my oldest daughter um, doesn't live too far from Sioux City, and I called her and told her about this. And uh, she said, well, why was it good? I said, well, I didn't have a job. And she said, Dad, what do you mean you didn't have a job? I remember living where we lived, and I remember that. And she said, you know, um, Mom... Um, made new doll clothes for all, for three dolls, because we had three girls, but her doll, and she made a beautiful coat. My wife sewed by hand. She, you know, needle and thread and sewed this blue corduroy coat for her doll. And Cheryl said, uh, Dad, did Mom made that, didn't she? And I said, yes, because we didn't have money to buy Christmas presents. So she got, I'm just going to give them dolls that look like brand new, the old new clothes and so on. And Cheryl said, Dad, do you know that was my favorite doll? And now my granddaughter has it, and it's her favorite doll, the one my wife sewed. That, that made me feel good. And she said, Dad, how long were you without a job? And I'm, this may not encourage you if you're out of a job. I was out of a job for a year going to college, supporting a family, paying rent and light bills and all of that. And God provided odd jobs that I would work. So I had no steady income. I couldn't count it. Well, next month we'll have this money. No, it's whatever God provided. It's he, It did exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. God provided all kinds of jobs. Some were strange. I mean, that weird, but a job that I would never ever thought of as a job, but people wanted it done. And I, I did that. And uh, Cheryl said, did you tell your mom and dad, my mom and dad lived in Los Angeles? I said, no, I didn't because 
I didn't want them to feel obligated that they would have to give us some money or something. So we're just going to trust God. And so I just want to say, if you're out of a job in this country or any country, look at those verses. Pray those verses. Trust that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you would ask or think. Don't put a limit on what God can do. Just trust him and look to him. And God will supply all your needs. And that gives glory to God to meet our needs in a very special way. Well, the second thing I want to share with you uh, was not thought of until either two days ago or one day ago. Because um, Paul, Paul said, well, I, I, I think that's really good about the job and encouraging people that have lost their jobs. And even in Sioux City, there's a place where people, I don't know, they told me, because ah, I have a job, I don't need to go there, but a place you go where people actually go and hire people to work for them. So uh, there may be that where you are and where you live and look for that. Um, anyway, um, I had an unusual experience yesterday or either yesterday or the day before. Um, and this was the other part of Christmas. I never thought of this, but I realized that not only Christmas is going to be difficult for those who maybe don't have a job. But also Christmas can be difficult because since the Christmas before and this Christmas, people aren't there. Um, and how that was brought to me, it's interesting. Um, a young man uh, relatively young compared to me, and I guess anybody alive compared to me is young. Uh, anyway, he was visiting uh, me, um, and he's he worked in our office for a couple of years, uh, years ago, and, and so he's been in and out of our life, and um, really a nice fellow, and he needed to leave and to go. In fact, it was yesterday, I think it was, and he was he had to fly and get airplane arrangements. So he had to leave really early in the morning. I mean, like three in the morning or something like that. He was leaving the house. So he said, uh, Jim, I probably won't wake you up. You just go ahead and go to sleep. So he was going. Uh, I knew that. Uh, Paul was going to visit his folks and spend Christmas with his family. Uh, in Oklahoma, and he, he was going to be going. And so I woke up, and I was just sitting there thinking, and all of a sudden, I had this horrible feeling. I've never had this feeling before or after. And the feeling was, I've been abandoned. And it was the most awful feeling. I was abandoned. Um, 
and I can't explain it. I, all I can tell you is I don't did not like the feeling, and that's what it felt like. But then I thought of people that have counseled down through the years that had the abandoned feeling. And I've never had the abandoned feeling. Yeah, people left, they go and come, but never felt like I'm all alone and no one's here and no one cares. Uh, it was uh, horrible, a horrible feeling. So I thank God for it because now I understand what I didn't understand. I would tell people, do this, do that. But I had never felt that feeling. But um, but as I was sitting there feeling that, the Lord gave me a verse. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So what is that Satan came in and gave me that feeling? Well, I thank him for it. Because at least now I know what people were trying to tell me. It was not just that nobody's there. It's a deeper feeling an empty feeling. It's a horrible feeling. And as soon as I, I said, ah, thank you, Lord, you, you won't leave me. It went away. The thought was gone. Uh, I didn't feel like poor me uh, or anything like that. It was all gone. So I was thinking, what about the people that are watching the video? That this Christmas, people that were there last Christmas won't be there. And I thank the Lord for doing that for me. Last Christmas, my son, my daughter-in-law, and my crazy grandson that I love dearly, 12-year-old, they're all gone. They will not be here this Christmas. But no idea that that would happen, that they would be gone. Uh, and I don't know, um, for you, because Christmas is time families gather together, are there going to be missed spots? Now, places where they'll be empty, you know, empty chairs, so to speak. And I want to uh, pray for you because I know that that's a hard thing to deal with at Christmas time when it's a family celebration and all, and here someone you care about isn't there, isn't going to be there, or whatever. Um, you know, um, my wife has not made to made it to seven of them, <laughs> so I'm used to her not being at at, at any occasions. Uh, but my son and daughter-in-law and my grandson, that was new. So I want to pray for you because. Uh, you may have people out of your life because of COVID. You didn't plan on it. They got sick. They didn't ever had uh, anything else, and they're not there. So I'm praying that that your Christmas as will be a good one like ours was, even though we didn't. I, I didn't tell you, but I was without a job until after I graduated from college. At my graduation, I still didn't have a job and I had money to get a cap and gown and you know not look strange because I stood in line and uh, then after I graduated I was offered a church and pastored a my first church so you know I, it was a long time and yet God never failed us and I can tell you even with loved ones gone 
God will not fail you. You know, there was a song that we used to sing, uh, usually a sort of a solo song or a special song that he was there all the time. And I didn't know it. The idea is the Lord was there all the time, but I wasn't aware of it. But he's there. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So that forsaking was the enemy doing a number on me. But I, I thank the Lord for that. So I understand when people told me that feeling that they had, which I never had. So I could never really un- enter into it, but I can now. So I want to pray uh, for your Christmas that God would supply all your needs, not all your wants, but all your needs. I'm going to pray if you're missing loved ones, that God, in a very special way, you could remember them and appreciate appreciate the years they were there rather than focusing on the years they won't be. Father, I thank you. This Christmas is, is a special time in America and I, in a lot of countries. I know it is, and maybe other countries, not so much. But Father, I pray for all those all over the world right now that are lacking any kind of income they can count on. And Lord, I pray the scriptures for them. I pray, Father, for your children that you would do exceedingly abundantly above all they could ask or think. Lord, that you would supply their needs in Christ Jesus. And then, Father, I pray for the empty chairs around the table that would have been there, but because of reasons, uh, they're no longer with us. And Lord, they'll be missed. But Lord, thank God, if they know you, we know where they are. They're with you in glory. So I pray for families that loved ones will not be there. And I pray, Father, minister to them. May they sense your presence with them. Comfort them, Lord. And may they rejoice with the ones that are there. And that the family, the children, and so on, don't need to go through deep mourning at Christmas. Um, Somehow go through it and allow them to have a good Christmas. And so, Father, I ask all of those that are listening, whatever needs they have, Father, whatever situations they're going through, that you would prove yourself strong on their behalf. And that they would look back like I do and remember probably the most difficult Christmas that we ever had turned out to be the best Christmas we ever had because it was a Christmas totally controlled by you. 
and the opportunities were all coming from you and we could take no glory for anything but you said no good thing would you withhold from those who walk uprightly. Lord, help us to walk uprightly. In Jesus' name, amen.